Now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. Praise the Lord, everyone. We thank God that he has brought us into his house today. It's good when we come into God's house. We know we come to hear from him. And we know that God is speaking to us through his word. Deacon McNeil, thank you for that song. That song is actually the message today. We have to hear the voice of truth. And the voice of truth is found only and only in the word of God. I'm going to be preaching through Psalm 19. That's a word that the Holy Spirit placed on my heart. What I did, I divided this message, this text here, Psalm 19, into four sections. I'll be covering verses 1 to 6, then 7 to 9, 10 to 13, and then verses 14. So as I go through, I want us to keep that division in mind. And I will explain that. I will stop at each of those and remind you about that. But listen, before we pray, as I go through this psalm, my emphasis is going to be on prayers. So we will follow what the Word of God says, what God is telling us. But then you will observe where the Holy Spirit is leading me to emphasize prayer as we understand Psalm 19. So we'll be understanding the theology of it, the context of it, its truth, its application today. But I especially want you to focus on prayer. Amen? Let's come before the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, and we bless your holy name. We humble ourselves as we come before you. Holy Spirit, please open the word of God to us. Illumination is only possible through you. Men wrote as they were moved by you, O Holy Spirit. And God, not only you breathe your word, but you preserve it that we have it today. And not only you preserve it, but you give us your spirit, you Holy Spirit, that helps us to understand it. So thank you, Father. So please give us, dear God, teachable spirit. Help us not to be distracted, to receive everything that you have for us to receive today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm 19, it's all about God's perfect revelation. Is there a perfect revelation of God? Yes, it's found in the Holy Scripture. This is God's word. The first six verses, from verses 1 to 6, we'll come to understand what we can call Natural revelation, 
God revealing himself through nature. It says, a heaven declares the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night, night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them, he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of the earth and its circuit to the other end. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. God who created everything has revealed and is revealing himself by that which he created. And the Bible tells us that Creation speaks so clearly that God exists that people are without excuse. In Romans chapter 1 and verses 18, it says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God manifests in them from God. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that he made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. All over this earth, regardless of what culture, language, thoughts, different beliefs, God is telling us that when someone gets up in the day and sees the sun, in the night when they see the star, when they look around and they see nature, there is a work of the Holy Spirit, of God's presence in their heart, telling them that there is a God. We have to accept that because God said so. This is natural revelation. Surely when we look at the stars at night, we're not going to hear the gospel. We'll know God exists. But we will not hear the message of the cross. God will then reveal to us the message of the cross, and that is called special revelation. And sometimes it's a good place to begin in witnessing 
to people. Oftentimes, the Holy Spirit would lead me to do that, to say, God created everything. A few months ago, I, while I was in, in South Africa, ministering to those hundreds of people, that's where the Holy Spirit led me to begin in sharing the love of God, that God created everything. And that the Bible teaches these two fundamental truths, that God is sovereign and he loves his creation. The Bible teaches us from the word of God, we understand that there are seven dispensations. And in each dispensation, God is revealing his love in spite of man's behavior. God is revealing his love by his grace and his mercy towards us. The ultimate expression of God's love is found in Christ Jesus. So nature tells us that God exists because he created everything. And that's what the psalmist is saying. I would imagine David taking care of his sheep at night out there would become so familiar with this sight every night worshiping God. Maybe spending all those many nights by himself with God. Just in that sweet fellowship. We should take time. I want to encourage you, take time to admire nature. Slow down and thank God for his creation. When we see the rainbow, we should thank God. God said, remember, it's my promise to you. That I will not destroy the earth again. Not by water. There will come a future work that God will restore the earth. That is after the church is in heaven. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. But that's a reminder of God's love and his covenant with us. So it's good for us to slow down and it's good for us to take time to take care of our environment, to take care of what belongs to God. That's natural revelation. God revealing himself to us. Verses 7 to 9 speaks about special revelation. That's a word of God. The law of the Lord, and the word Lord here is Yahweh, is perfect. Converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous all together. Six different words used here. For, to describe the word of God. 
This is special revelation. Started firstly by God writing on a tablet of stone. And then God using Moses. Scripture tells us. Holy men of God wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. They weren't sinless, but they were holy at that moment. At the moment of writing, the Holy Spirit is breathing inside of them the very breath of God, the Word of God, revealing Jesus. By the Holy Spirit. Different ones of them had their own personalities. They had their own, I'm sure, style of writing based on their time frame in history. But God used them to reveal himself. This is special revelation. And all of it is to reveal Jesus, that he is Messiah. All of scripture is to reveal Christ. Jesus himself, the Bible says, that with Moses and the rest of the writings, and he taught everything concerning himself. And then God allows us in the book of Revelation, in other books, Daniel, Isaiah, to get a glimpse into Beyond the church age, God's plan. God is so awesome to us. And we have the greatest of message that Jesus is Savior. But here is the word of God. This is God's word. We accept it as God's truth. It is inspired by God. And yes, we understand when you move from one language to another language that you will have some choices to make as to words and what are the best words. But God has blessed us. And through the process of scholarship, and the leading of the Holy Spirit, God has blessed that today we have the Bible in so many languages around the world. And we have it today in English language, in our language. And we have accurate translations of the Word of God. It's God's truth. Not only that God breathed and men wrote, but God has not abandoned the preservation of his truth. He has not. So what do we find here? The law of the Lord is perfect. Here is what God is telling us. This word law is the referring here to the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament of the Lord is perfect. God's word is perfect. We accept it as being perfect. There are no flaws. God does not have to prove his word, the perfection of his word, in order for us to believe it. We have to choose to believe it. It's God's word. 
and it's perfect. There are no error. It is so perfect, it converts the soul. It restores and it refreshes our soul. The Bible tells us then, the testimony, this is the next word, the testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. We can make decisions in life. And we grow to, we learn to make wise decisions. It's a learning process as we spend time in the word of God. The more we spend time in the word of God, it's the more, the better when we're faced with life circumstances and we have to make decisions. We get the wisdom from the Holy Spirit, the leading to make decisions that are pleasing to God. Being in the word of God doesn't mean that we escape reality. We still have to, we are faced with all different circumstances. And we have to make decisions. But when we stay in the word of God, child of God, the Holy Spirit, we have a more sure, a more certain understanding in our heart concerning making decisions. The statutes of the Lord are right. It brings joy to the heart. The idea is this. There is a certainty in the word of God that cannot be questioned. It is God's truth. We cannot contest it. It is God's word. And we rejoice in that very truth. So many things are changing around us. God says his word will never stand forever. Sometimes in life, we may find ourselves not knowing which way to go, left nor right. Open the word of God. The Holy Spirit will settle it. We're being submissive to the very breath of God. And sometimes with that submissiveness might come all kind of suffering. Maybe family and friends turning against us. But because it's the word of God, and this is right, we're asking what is the right way, what is the wrong way. This is right. And what is right is not what pleases people. It's not even what pleases us. It's the word of God. And in some countries where I minister, when they stand on the word of God, they lose their life. But they're standing on the word of God. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. It's God's commandment, therefore, of course it is pure, because it's from God. What he commands us to do, we'll do. Our Lord Jesus told us to live for him, for us to live as Christ. He wants the world to hear the gospel, so we're living for that. And it will give us direction in life. It will open our eyes to live and to live in a manner that is fulfilling. 
The more we spend time in the Word of God, the easier it will be to understand how to live in a manner that pleases God. It's interesting that the word fear is used. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring the heart. And this is how we grow in to understand and to have the fear of God. It's by the word of God. Because the word of God convicts. It tells us when we are getting off the right path. It tells us when we're thinking and beginning to act in a manner that is contrary to God. That knocking we hear in our conscience, that's because the Word of God is there and the Holy Spirit is doing His work. It keeps us clean. It lets us know, hurry up and repent Feel sorry for what you're doing. Confess it before God and thank Jesus for his forgiveness. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. In its fullness, God's word is complete. And we can rest and we can trust God for that. We may not understand why things are happening the way they are happening, but we can rest assured that God's word is righteous and is true. Others may not understand because maybe they choose not to. Maybe they heard it and they, they choose not to. They abandon God's truth. But we have to stand on the word of God. And that will even help them in the long run to understand what is meant by standing on the word of God. That's the Holy Scripture. Inspired by God. Retained by God. Preserved by God. The Holy Spirit. And is being illumined or makes sense to us in our understanding, by God, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is inside of us. Every time we open the Word of God, we should do so not with a brash kind of attitude. We should understand what we are handling here is the very breath of God. We should do so with thankfulness and with humility. Every time I opened the word of God, I learned this from my grandfather as a child. I saw how much he gave reverence to the word of God. In reading the word of God, meditating, understanding, being thankful for God's word. God is speaking to us today. And he's speaking to us through his word. When we have the different classes here at our church... Wednesday night class, a Friday, Sunday, Sunday school, different programs. As we continue to develop other programs, it's all the word of God. Because this is what the Holy Spirit is using. When we go out, as we, go, as we often go out, in a, as we did yesterday, and we go out and we evangelize, and we go to other countries and we evangelize, 
It's the word of God. We are proclaiming the love of Jesus. We are saying to the world, here is what God says in his special revelation, his word, which he gave us, which he preserved, which he has commanded us to obey, to go and tell others, and which we believe that once we tell others, God honors that. Which we believe we don't have to add anything to it at all. We don't have to impress God about it. We simply have to speak the truth. We have to share what the word of God is saying concerning the love of Jesus. That Jesus loves the world. And he wants people to come and accept him as their savior. That simple message. Because people need to be born again before they die. Oftentimes I hear, I hear many pastors say, live the Christian life. The Bible, is, the Bible will tell you how to live the Christian life. The Bible tells us. It defines living this Christian life. And it says, for us to live is Christ. So when we say live the Christian life, we have to understand what the scripture, what God is telling us about living for Jesus, living for his cause and his purpose. How then should we live? Verses 10 to 13. How should we now respond to the word of God? We have a responsibility, don't we? God says, this is my word. Nature declares that I exist. I give you my word to reveal my son and my love to you, to reveal Christ Jesus to you. How should we live? How should we value the word of God? What value should we place on the word of God? Verses 12. Verses, verses 10. We'll go through here, verses 10 to 13. More to, de to be desired are they than gold. That's how we should value the word of God. More than material possession. More than gold. <laughs> We should value the word of God. That's what God says. Think of that for a moment. Yea, than much fine gold, the best of gold. Material things should not be given precedence in our lives. No. God's word is what we are thankful for. God's word. When we get up, God, thank you for this that you have preserved. And thank you, God. It's in our language. And thank you, God, I have eyesight to read it. And thank you, God, I haven't lost the capacity to understand it. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that when I pray, I can thank you for your word. Are you following this? 
When we pray, we have all these needs that we are bringing before God. God, thank you, Father, for your word. God, give me a desire for your word more than material possessions. That's our prayer. Remember we said today, I said that God wants us to focus on the prayer aspect. How we value, what we value will determine who we are. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them, your servant is warned. We have to say, oh dear God, when we pray, Father, warn me through your word, lest I wander away from you, Lord Jesus. Lest my heart, in a subtle way, I begin to drift away from you, dear God. Warn me through your word. Help me to remember, God, Jesus, that you are giving me life to tell others that you are their Savior. That's the reason for my existence until you choose to take me home. And in keeping them, there is great reward. We have to pray, God, thank you. Thank you, God, that when I labor on this earth because I'm looking for some reward, but help me to see, dear God, that my reward is not retirement. My reward, dear God, is keeping your word. That's my reward. So we pray and we say, oh dear God, thank you for your special revelation. And let me, let the very fact that I'm obeying it be my reward. Are we following that? To understand it, and to say yes to it. God, that's my reward. How wonderful God has been to us when we open the word of God. My grandfather got saved at 40, served the Lord as an evangelist until in his 90s. His last two years, he couldn't see to read see, but he wasn't able to read. And he would call me and ask me to read the Bible. And he had read the Bible so many times that I would be reading a long Old Testament text and he would be reading ahead of me. In his 90s, because the word of God was in his soul, in his mind, in his understanding. Who can understand his errors? It's a question. God, is, we, we pray, oh dear God, help me to understand my imperfections through your word, dear God. Help me to understand, dear God, my un intentional sin where I'm grieving you, Holy Spirit, another way of it. Unknown sin. God, I will not know it unless you reveal it. So, Father, thank you for your word. Are you following? Yes. 
Otherwise, the enemy has a subtle way of making us justify that we're doing fine. God says, that's such a lie of the devil. The devil comes and he says, you have no sin. You're just, you're just fine. And God says, if you think that way, you make God a liar. The problem is the truth of God, the word of God is not in your heart. So we say, oh, dear God, with your word, reveal in my heart, dear God, imperfections in my life. Cleanse me from all secret faults. That's the word of God, saints. Otherwise, we can stay in a place of weakness for the rest of our lives. Isn't it better to be in the word of God and, and become sensitive to the Holy Spirit leading than to settle in and lean on our own understanding? The, all, the devil will always make us feel comfortable with sin after a while. Verse 13 says, Keep back your servant also from... Presumptuous sin. Let him not have dominion over me. That is intentional sin. Willful sin. God protect me from that dear God. Two different types of sins mentioned here. The unintentional and the intentional sin. Only the word of God can expose them. In Proverbs chapter 6 and in Romans, Romans chapter 6, and I'll read Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. And I want you to pay, let us pay particular attention to this text. In verses 12, it says, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. God does not want us to be entrapped with deliberate, intentional, presumptuous, willful sin. God does not want his children to stay in that bondage. He does not. And we pray, oh dear God, by your grace, get me out of this cycle, dear God. Get me out of this state, dear God. God says, I want you to come out of it. There is no stronghold that is so strong that the blood of Jesus cannot break that stronghold. If we believe that, it's a lie of the devil. And the only reason why it's not being broken is because of the lack of the word of God. Correcting and renewing the heart and renewing the mind. God wants us free from willful sin so we can serve him. Amen. Jesus worked on Calvary far greater than the law. We are under grace. Grace says that we can come to the throne of God 
with a sense of confidence saying, God, the things I ought not to do, I find myself doing it. The things I ought to do, I'm struggling. Jesus, Father, help me. That's the word of God, the work of the Holy Spirit. And he sets us free. That soul will always say, don't repent, settle in. Because you see, the word of God is a two-edged sword. It pierces deep and the pain, the soul says, no, resist the pain, feel more comfortable. But why do that and stay in bondage when God says, I want to set you free? It's better to be set free, isn't it? So that God can use us on this side of eternity to serve him. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless. Blameless there as it pertains to that particular area of struggle. You follow that? I can get deliverance from that situation because the word of God is in my heart. My mind will be renewed by the word of God. That's why we are presenting ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. And I shall be innocent of great transgression. Verses 14. I put this by itself. And I'm calling it Walking in the fullness of his word. This is how we have to pray. Oh dear God, it says, let the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, my strength. That word dear strength literally means my rock and my redeemer. We have to walk. God wants us to walk in the fullness of his word. Our prayer every day has to be, oh dear God, if my heart, keep my heart, Lord, meditating on your word and tune with your word with you so that you, Holy Spirit, can speak to me. If the heart is right, what will be right? The speech will be right. The action will be right. And the heart can only be right when this is in our heart. This requires discipline, believers. It requires a discipline, no excuse. It's not going to just happen. Some metamorphosis, you know, just sit and something will happen. It requires discipline. It requires you doing well, and when you're ready to read the word, a sleepiness come upon you. It requires giving God your best time. When you have all that energy, we turn off the TV, turn off everything. I'm going to spend time in the word of God. And each of us will make that adjustment. For me, my wife can tell you, it's hours in the night. I go and just spend time in the word of God. Just reading the word of God. Yes, sometimes I get sleepy during the day. For that and my physical being but I make up for it. But that's my best time. My wife has her best time. 
I reveal her secret now to the world. <laughs> but she gets up, and she finishes, she has breakfast, and she goes into her prayer chamber, and she spends her hours in the Word with God. And I know unless there is some huge emergency, I'm not going to disturb that. Are you following that? It requires discipline, and you have to fight to make that happen. You have to sort yourself out. If we're too busy to spend time in the Word of God, then what is the problem? We are too busy. The devil will always fight us to keep us away from the Word of God. We have to meditate on that. The idea of meditate. No, that word is interesting. It really means that we are, we are mumbling in the Word of God. We're saying it over and over in our minds as we go through it. And watch how the Holy Spirit will change the thoughts. He will change the action. He will change the words that we say. And when we come in contact with God's people, the words that we speak will begin to minister grace to the hearers. That's the word of God. That's the power of God. That's the special revelation of Jesus. That which reveals Christ. Now look at this. What's the last part of this? Be acceptable in your sight. See, saints, listen. Inside of our soul exists who we are as a living being, right? And that being is looking for acceptance. It's looking for acceptance, isn't it? And God says, here is it. You keep looking for acceptance there. You will keep looking and trying this and trying that, and you will never find it. Because it's in the wrong place. The acceptance has to be what is acceptable to my God. What is acceptable in the sight of God? That's what it is. God, let me make decisions because I am pleasing you. I am not pleasing myself. I, my wife can't make that decision for me. She'll do it for herself and I'll do it for myself. Yes, we encourage one another. And we talk out different situations all the time. That's the way our relationship always has been. And we're honest with each other. And I thank God for her because she, she would share with me because I'm, I have complete trust that is built on love and care and genuineness. But make no mistake that that love is going to make her blinded to the truth. No. We both understand that when we speak, we, we still have what we're after is what is acceptable to God. And we encourage one another because God, Jesus, is, uh, is in front of us all the time. 
As a pastor, it's the same thing. As a father, it's the same thing. I cannot be thinking about myself. I have to be thinking what is acceptable to God. I pastor these 30 plus years with the same perspective. The day I tell you that I am coming to church to preach messages for what is acceptable to you, please pray for me a whole lot. I have to do what is acceptable to God. Why? Because I did not get up one morning with a grand idea. I like this vocation called the pastorate. Well, in that case, if I like it, it's a career, but it's a vocation, it's a divine calling. And God is operating this gift inside of me. So I have to do what is acceptable to whom? To God. So if come, someone comes and that person is in sin, I have to do what is acceptable to whom? To God. And then I like the last part. What's the last part? David says, my strength and my redeemer. You know what's beautiful about that is this. When we read the word of God, when we stand in the word of God, don't panic before you do it. Don't start thinking, if I stand on the word of God, this is tough. I have to give up something in life. I'll be so weak. The enemy will come at me. No. God, who gives us his word, whose spirit is inside of us, who is renewing our minds, he is our strength. And Jesus is our redeemer. And he is inside of us. Oh, child of God, listen. I know we're all seeking the same thing, okay? We want life to make sense and meaning, isn't it? The end of the day, that's what it is, isn't it? Stop looking for life having meaning and purpose when realities of life have to work out good for it to have meaning. That will not happen. Life has meaning and purpose only because Jesus is our strength. And Jesus is our rock. And Jesus is our redeemer. And he has given us his word. And we are going to obey his word. And if we are experiencing the fruit and the blessing of that, praise God. But if there are storms that come along our lives, we will not quit on the word of God. We will not quit on God. In other words, we, we come to the place where we realize it's impossible for me to quit. Quit for what? Go where? It's not like God on plan B. It's God is my strength. Jesus is my redeemer. Jesus is who I am. That's what it is. Thank God for his word. That's the message God placed on my heart, okay? Let's come before the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Father. Jesus, thank you. God, we realize, Father, and we thank you that the greatest message in your word is your love, that you love us. And while we were yet in sin, you came in this world and you went to the cross. 
and you die for us. So thank you, Jesus. You die for the world. It is your will, Father, for everyone to hear the gospel. For God so loved the world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for sending your Son, our Savior, Christ Jesus, to be Savior of the world. And thank you, Father, that you're using us to tell others that Christ is Savior. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for your word. That when others hear, as we heard that gospel, Lord Jesus, that truth, we responded to it by your grace. And Jesus, you are our Savior. Now, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, God. Everything around us might be changing, but God, thank you, your word stands forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. That you and your love, you're revealing yourself and your love in our hearts through your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for natural revelation. Thank you for special revelation. Thank you, Holy Spirit that you are inside of us. Thank you for giving us a desire for the word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Amen. Amen.